1: This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN radio.
2: And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It's the love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. You got Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We are presented by progressive insurance on the ESPN app. X and channel 80. Don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. I can't believe we found this out by Harry Douglas. Shannon Penn was mortified. Devin Kane was mortified. Nick Carty was mortified. Matty Coleman's son, Freddie, was mortified. There's going to be a Toy Story kind of game happening this weekend involving the NFL and ESPN Plus when the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Fighting Atlanta Harry Douglases get together in London at 9.30 Eastern Time. It's going to be a Toy Story game. We found out from Harry Douglas, you didn't have a toy growing
3: up? No. No. No, no video no, 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 game? No! No G.I. No, no, Joe? no, no. No! Now, we watched what are you, certain things. We watched Ninja Turtles. We watched Power Rangers. We watched all those things on uh-huh. TV. Uh-huh. But me and my brother, we never pl- really played with toys. Or really? we never played video games. Man, we would... My my pops had us grinding and working, man, and it, it was nothing he forced us to do. Okay. It's stuff that... Everything we did, we wanted to do. We started baseball. I started baseball at four. My brother started at three. And we were playing travel baseball from a very, very young age. So we were so engulfed in. Sports and schoolwork. Uh-huh. We ain't had time for that nonsense. The proof is in the pudding, Freddie. I played ten years in the NFL. My okay. brother played eight in the NBA. But Pop, no toys. We ain't have time for that. No well, toys. Dad, what was he, Joe Jackson? Exactly. What was he doing? You no, bet, just you, stop you, that. You, no, he you, wasn't no Joe Jackson. You better
2: learn those steps, Marlon. You know, them
3: kids, them kids you, ain't had no say so in you house. Better steps, you better learn those
2: steps, Marlon. You <laughs> better learn those steps,
3: Marlon. And that Harry, he faster than a rabbit. <laughs> I told you to leave Tito some cereal. What you doing eating all the cereal? <laughs> Y'all asking me what, who, who was my Ben? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Who, uh, yeah.
2: Was my <laughs> Apparently those sports <laughs> were your Ben. You weren't having that. But since Harry didn't have any toys growing up, I guess that was a father thing, Harry and Tony thing, Douglas thing, whatever that was. What yeah, was your man. favorite toy growing up? Let us know. We want to know because Toy Story, they're doing like a whole Toy Story theme kind of football game. It happens on ESPN Plus on Sunday, the game in London between Jacksonville and the Atlanta Falcons. Harry Douglas devoid himself of toys. Don't yeah. do the same thing to us. What was your favorite toy growing up? Let us know. Be a part of Freddie and Harry Nation at 888-729-3776 on well, the Dr. Pepper call in line.
3: Well, hold on now. Because, you know, my kids, like, my kids play with toys. So does, does yeah, that count? Yeah, yeah. like no, my son plays. No, he loves no. he loves cars. Do you play? Every, do you play Lightning cars McQueen? With him? Lightning McQueen right now is his is his thing. But he buys race. My okay. son probably has over two hundred cars.
2: Okay, so do you, and every
3: time he sees a new one in the store, Daddy, I want that car. So do
2: you play cars with your son? I do. Okay, it still no, it still doesn't make up for the fact that you didn't have a toy when you were growing up. That, no, that's I not didn't. Yeah, that 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 make up. I, I didn't mm-hmm. have no
3: binky, none of that. I, nope. I can't. You don't. Know, you don't like a binky kind of guy. No, I'm not. I can't picture you with a Not me. Game. I can't
2: picture that <laughs> I, I hardly
3: ever, I hardly ever cried as a kid. So. <laughs> <laughs> that I can definitely <laughs> picture. You probably made other people cry, not the my, other way around. My brother was the crybaby growing up. It wasn't me.
2: Wow. But either way, what was your favorite toy growing up? Let us know at 888-729-3776. Be a part of that. Part of ESPN Nation. Presented by Dr. Pepper. It is not college football season without the delicious taste of high school Dr. Pepper or trying to bring toys to the Douglas household. It is the one
1: fans deserve. to match. Thing. The main thing, the main thing, the main thing, the
3: main thing, the main
1: thing, the main thing, the main thing, with Freddie and Harry.
2: So how good are the Detroit Lions? No one should be surprised that they won last night. I said last night, Harry, that these are the kind of games that if you're serious, if you want people to take you seriously, if you want to be that dog in the room and not the dog in the outside getting scraps, you win games like this. You don't let the Green Bay Packers believe for one second that you can beat us when we are the chic pick to win the NFC North. And what did they do? They went out there and they beat them early, late, and frequent. Even when the Packers got it down to 10-point game, you never had that feel, Harry, that they were going to win. The Lions let it be known. They're not arriving. They're here.
3: And I I would say this. It it was in dominant fashion as well. Like the physicality of the Detroit Lions – They let everyone know on national TV against a a division opponent that, hey, this is our division, and you're going to have to come beat us. Right. And I just love the mindset and the demeanor of their head coach, Dan Campbell, because the way they play the game on the football field is the mindset of their head coach. And, Freddie, it's times where he's going forward on fourth down. And not just this week, but in previous weeks. Yeah. And he Mm -hmm. believes so much in that offensive line. He believes so much in Jared Goff. He believes so much as a unit that they're going to get things done and they're going to be the most physical team, whether it's third and one, fourth and one, fourth and goal. I I watched last night when, you know, Quay Walker did something very, very stupid and jumped over it. You're being kind, by the way. I am being very kind. And then. I'm thinking like on fourth down, I'm saying to myself, I know Dan Campbell in this off. I know they're about to kick the field goal now. Dan Campbell said, hell no. Mm -hmm. Like a ride store cowboy. (laughs) He said, hell no. Had his cowboy hat on, had his dip in his mouth. (laughs) Boys, we going for it, boys. Let's do it. Let's do it. And David Montgomery downhill. Three Down the touchdown, game yeah.
2: over. Three touchdowns. Those game about over. That. By the way, speaking of friends, you better stop believing in the Lions because they got your attention. I give you Jared
0: Goff, their quarterback. Yeah, send us anywhere. Send us anywhere. We'll be, we'll be ready, and uh, that's the way we're built.
2: His coach may be the rhinestone cowboy you just said, but Jared Goff, he's the right Reverend Goff. Friends, <laughs> I'm in need of your attention. You've been talking about those Cowboys and those 49ers and those Eagles, but I'm here to tell you huh? there's somebody else. Uh The Detroit Lions. I don't know how good they can be. Be well. But put it this way. When you're a team like that, when you beat people you're supposed to beat and you don't let them believe for one second that you can beat them, then we're starting to see that maturation process. People thought, okay, they lost to Seattle. Maybe they're not as good. They won two in a row since then. The way they've been able to stay with their identity. We're going to kick you behind on defense and rush the passer, but we're going to run the ball down your throat. And our quarterback is going to be a complimentary piece that can make big plays. Even Pat McAfee said it earlier this week, he believes right now Jared Goff is a top five quarterback, the way he's played so far in the NFL. And who's to say, based on what we've seen so far in the early stages of this season, who's to say that he's wrong when it comes to Jared Goff?
3: Well, let me say this. Jared Goff, and when he was with the Los Angeles Rams, he was able to help galvanize that football team to a Super Bowl appearance. They didn't win it, right? They shipped him off and said, you know what, we need Matthew Stafford to get us over the hump and win a Super Bowl. And I think the simple fact that Stafford was able to do that within his first year, it kind of put this cloud over Jared Goff like he was the lost soul, the lost child that, you know, couldn't do something great. But in actual reality – he just needed to go somewhere where he was going to be appreciated full throttle. And I think that's what the Denver community, the Denver – excuse me, the Detroit community and the Mm -hmm. Detroit organization, that's the way they embraced him. And you see the way he's playing. And I think that run game marries with the pass game very well. And Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, he does a phenomenal job of, you know, doing things that Jared Goff does well. Mm -hmm. But also not just Jared Goff, but that offense, Amon Ross-St. Brown, Right? Those two running backs with Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Laporta at the tight end position. What they've been able to build and the chemistry that they have, and you just heard it, uh, Freddie, right there, when he said send us anywhere. Mm -hmm. When a quarterback – now, this is not a defensive player saying this. Uh, This is not an offensive lineman saying this. It's a quarterback saying that. It's that quarterback. Send us anywhere. It's that quarterback. We we want all the smoke. Like Shannon, you say it's going to be a barbecue. Well, damn it, they're going to bring the ribs. (laughs) They're going to bring the chicken. Uh And they're going to bring the burgers and dogs. Now, that's not not my cookout, but – you know what I'm Why good- is that, you know that what not your good? cookout? I don't bring. I don't, I don't cook burgers and dogs. Man, and what's now. wrong? No toys as a no, kid. No, no burgers no. and hot dogs. Who the bleep are you? Oh, you
2: fancy. <laughs> huh? Oh, you fancy. Exactly. Huh? You, you hoi- f- <laughs> I'm gonna change your name from Harry Doug to Hoity Toity Dugger. Yeah, you don't like
1: the glizzies, Harry? Exactly. Come on, bro. Come
2: on. What are nah, you doing? What are you, you doing here, me here? Nah, no
3: sausage links on my grill. Oh, Sorry, my guys.
2: God. See, see. Anytime if Harry invites us a barbecue, we ain't going. Because there won't be any good food there based on what he no, just told us uh-uh. right there.
3: It's going to be some ribs. It's going to be some chicken. It's right. be some mac and cheese. All right, I'm back now. Beans, I'm, I I'm got back. you, Freddie. Trust yeah, me, I, 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 I got you. I'm back
2: now. I'm, back. I'm glad you got that. I'm also glad Steaks. you said about Jared Goff. It's not that the quarterback saying it's that quarterback. Because he's never come out of his face and spoke up for himself or his team. He let it be known, like, look, if you don't have to be afraid of us. Yeah, send us anywhere.
0: Send us anywhere. We'll be, we'll be ready. And uh, that's the way we're built.
3: Let us know what time. Win the place, who are playing, we're going to be there and we're going to be ready to win. And Freddie, what I love love the most about last night, post game, right? When he's up on the set and he's with Richard Sherman, he's with Whitworth, he's, he's with Fitzpatrick. And I guess Fitzpatrick had made a comment. Yes, he did. And yeah, in pre game. Jared Goff said, You know what? Let me address this right now. He heard it. I, I'm not no <laughs> poor man's Matt Ryan. Damn it, uh-huh. I'm Jared Goff.
2: Yeah, he heard that and you he know was what I'm not so- happy.
3: But but just think about the mindset of him and the space that he's in right now though, to to check that right then and there. Mm-hmm. I had no problem with it. Me
2: neither. I had, I had no, problem no problem with it. No problem with it at all. No problem with it. maybe they're closer to the top three than we want to realize when it comes to Detroit, at least the early part of this season. It's still those three. No matter what happened to the Cowboys last week versus Arizona, you got them, you got the Eagles, you got the 49ers. It's that three. They them when it comes to the NFC Harry. Yeah. But maybe the lines could be a lot closer to that three. OC Emanuar, two-time Super Bowl champion, That's my boy. he was on, on Sportsman like with Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, and Michelle
1: Smallman this morning on ESPN
2: Radio. He was asked the question, "Who do you have more faith in, the Cowboys?" or the Lions, and O.C. said...
1: Definitely the Dallas Cowboys, and it, it pains me to say, but I think last week against Arizona was an aberration. This is a good football team. They lost their way a little bit, but I cannot see the Detroit Lions beating the Dallas Cowboys when you get later on into the season. I think, obviously, clear number 1A, 1B, the San Francisco 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, but behind them would be the Dallas Cowboys. Then beneath them would be the Detroit Lions. This is a team that is on the ascension, but I look for them to be better as the years go on. I don't think right now they're ready to take that step into the next um, echelon.
2: I wish people could have seen the look on Harry's face when O.C. Yumanuro said that.
3: Man, listen here, and, and that's my guy. I played with O.C. in Atlanta. Uh-huh. When I used to come up to New York, you uh-huh. want to know who used to stay? let me stay at their place? It was O.C.? O.C., right in Weehawken, baby, right across that water.
2: Casa Yumanuro was open to you? Yeah, hey, man, well that done. was my
3: boy. All he told me is make sure it was clean when I left.
2: Well, that, that's just being a good guest. Yeah, the, the, and I know. made sure it was clean. Yeah, I, I have no doubt about that. I've seen but, your but, clothes. I, I know it was clean, but who, just, do you, who do you have more
3: faith in right now, Cowboys or the Lions? Um... I'm going to go with the Lions because of the simple fact that I believe more right now, at this moment, at right this now, moment, yeah, this in, ja- in Jared Goff than I do Dak Prescott. Because when you look at, when you talk about those other teams, we talk about uh, Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts has been to an NFC Championship game, Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We talk about Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's been there, even though he got hurt, but he's been there. When we look at Jared Goff, Jared Goff's been to a Championship game, Super Bowl. Okay. Who's the one person we're talking about that hasn't been there?
2: It's that's, that's Dak
3: Prescott. Dak Prescott, right? And when that defense didn't play well last week, and yes, I put a lot of it on that defense, but when you needed Dak Prescott to be better mm-hmm. than Joshua Dobbs,
2: which he should be, he anywhere. couldn't
3: be better than Joshua Dobbs.
2: Yeah, and you can't place that Mike McCarthy, you can't place that anybody no. else. You, you, when you play for that team, you play for that organization, and you got that star in the helmet. It's interesting yep. that no matter what, Dak Prescott, unless he wins a Super Bowl, he is never going to get the benefit of the doubt. Jared Goff was in that similar position, and the Rams threw him on the sword and said, you got to beat it. Dak's in a situation where the Cowboys don't want to do that, but don't give them a reason to say, maybe you can't be the guy. Maybe you are not the guy. Because Jared Goff has flipped that around when it comes to his reputation with the Detroit Lions, and he has a coach that believes in him. I know Mike McCarthy believes in Dak Prescott. I wonder how much faith Dak Prescott's going to have in himself to be the kind of quarterback that they believe he should be, or that he believes that he should be.
3: You know who else I have more faith in? Who? I have more faith in Ben Johnson as a play caller than I do Mike McCarthy as okay. a play caller.
2: Well, you have reasons to believe that.
3: You you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then They're when not I look one at five this, in the red
2: zone, what like the Cowboys
3: were last Sunday. Look when I when I look at this Detroit Lions defense going into last week, right mm-hmm. when they were playing the Atlanta Falcons, I believe they had one sack underneath their belt. Yeah. Well, they opened up that can of worms on the Atlanta Falcons. Last night, they opened up that can of worms mm-hmm. on the Green Bay Packers. So this defense not only has gotten better, but they're playing at a high level. When you yeah. look at Aiden Hutchinson, you can't tell me, well, you know, Green Bay was without offensive linemen. Well, his job, if the offensive lineman isn't there, is to be dominant. That's what he was. And he was. You got Jerry Jacobs getting two interceptions. You, you have all their draft picks and guys that they drafted this past season and they're free agents that they brought in playing at a high level.
2: Yeah, Campbell out of Iowa, who yes. was the focus Award winner last year, no doubt about that. Put it this way. The Detroit Lions are not all about that fat-mouthing. They'll tell you what time it is, but then they'll go out and exactly tell you how the clock is going to be built. They may be a lot closer to that top three in the NFC than we realize. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Now back to the news of the day. Uh-oh. That we founded a Harry Douglas was devoid of toys growing up. We're Damn. not going
3: to say that Joe Jackson was
2: his daddy. We're not going to go that far. That'd no, be no. insulting to Mr. My dad, Douglas. My, my
3: daddy's a great man. Yeah, he's a great no, man. No doubt about that. And he's my Joe,
2: role model. Not saying he's my Joe is not a great man, but at the same time, you know, Joe Jackson had his Joe problems was, and the Joe kids out, were like, hey, we got to get the hell out of here. Was,
3: Joe was out of control. Yeah,
2: no, no, I don't think out of control describes it. I think you got to find another phrase that we can't use <laughs> on this radio show right now. But since he did not have a favorite toy, any toy growing up, we want to hear from you. On the Freddie and Harry Hotline at eighty eight seven two nine three seven seven six What was your favorite toy growing up? They can have a Toy Story theme when it comes to ESPN Plus game involving the football game on Sunday in London between Jacksonville and the Fighting Harry Douglases of the Atlanta Falcons. What was your favorite toy growing up? Ryan in Syracuse, hit it.
1: Hey, uh, well, first I want to say Bills Mafia stand up. Uh, <laughs> I was a collector of many things, but my favorite toy was the. Uh, Ghostbusters Proton Pack. It was a plastic day, the thing you put on your back. And, uh, and as a kid, I, I used to love putting that thing on. I wish I would have kept it because in the box, it's worth like $500 on eBay right now. Oh, hey,
3: bro. Ryan, let me ask you this. Ryan, who you going to call? Yeah, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Allen, baby. Let's go,
2: <laughs> I can't tell you how many kids had that. The Proton Pack when Ghostbusters first came out, They would literally be walking, going to school. I'm thinking, you know, you're not supposed to bring that to school. And the teacher's like, well, I got one in my my car. I'm not going to stop a kid from having the proton pack when it comes (laughs) to being Ghostbusters.
1: They weren't going to do that. No, no,
2: no. Mark in Virginia, what was your favorite toy growing up?
1: Hey, guys. Yo, man. I
3: love your show. Thank God it's on. Appreciate you. And it came every afternoon. God bless you all, man. Go Giants. (laughs) Listen. uh, I'm going to show my age. Okay, <laughs> <was my> <laughs> Voltron, man. Wow! I had all five cats. I put them all together to make the Voltron um, toy. I had all the black cat, the red, the blue, the yellow, the green. Put them together. It was like a transformer, man. It was my favorite toy growing up.
2: Man, Mark, you made Shannon Penn our producer, smile so much because yes, I get the sense that Shannon Penn, you were a Voltron collector. Oh, absolutely. Uh huh. But I
3: was, but I wasn't like Mark. I didn't even have all five of them. I only had the black one. <laughs> Oh. Well that's Pause. fitting, <laughs> Pause. Well that's very fitting. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> Good lord.
2: <laughs> he no. said in the I only had the black one. He really did. He got militant with the toys when it came to Voltron, <laughs> as far as that goes. Randy in Indiana, what was your favorite toy growing up, my friend? Well,
3: I love the show first of all, and I too. I didn't have toys. My dad is the high school athletic. T- Oh, oh, Randy Watson, we was waiting on right you. All right, Randy. so he,
1: Randy was mm-hmm. gonna say a bike. Oh, he was. And a That's bike is not a is toy. Not a toy. No, no, I'm sorry. A
3: bike
2: is a conveyance. Yes, it is. It <laughs> yes. is. A, it's a mode of transportation. It really is a mode of transportation. But if you had no toys, like in Randy's household and Harry's household, we that bike, bike was your toy. I'm you sure
0: about that. Are you sure about that? Is, is sure the bike not a toy? It's not
2: a no. toy. No, no, it's not a toy. Nope. Not a toy. No. You
1: play with a bike, you ride a bike.
2: You ride a bike, Ooh, right. Fuck. Now, if you play with a bike, right. Now, if you play with a bike, then you got more problems than anybody could have imagined. But, yeah, you ride a bike. Devin, how much did you
3: ride your bike growing up? I love riding my bike. <laughs> I, I love riding my bike now. I still,
2: stationary, mobile, doesn't really matter. <laughs> I know. We're so juvenile on this see, show. I'm going to school you on a game. Yeah. Because one of the bikes I had had the banana seat bike. Whoa! yeah, the banana seat bike. Oh, yeah. yeah, bike. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah think so. Thing, so it was like the seat was large enough so you can have
2: someone else <laughs> ride the bike with you. We keep this up, our program director Justin Crest gonna be running in here taking this show off the air if we don't stop it. Tim hey, in Missouri, <laughs> where my banana seat bike ride is <laughs> at? I, 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 I had one. I had I had the banana seat bike. I'm not you, I'm not fronting on you on that. We're what? not gonna leave you out there by yourself. Tim in Missouri, what was your favorite toy growing up, my friend?
1: Hey guys, great talking to you. Appreciate you. I remember back.
2: Oh, oh man! It's like, it's like, you, oh, he's got, oh, go go ahead, Tim. Continue.
0: They had the original three pack of the Phaser, the Tricorder, and the Communicator.
2: Oh, you're you're a Trekkie.
0: So I, I mean, I.
1: And I used to go to the uh, Star Trek conventions. And I used to dress up by Spock over there in New York City.
2: Really? Oh, at, at the Javits Center.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Actually. Yeah. The one year one year I'd gone a Spock, spot, I tied for first place with a gorn. Man, look at
2: you. See, Tim in Missouri, that's getting it done. Not only having the toy growing up, Harry, but then being the toy and winning a prize based on that. <laughs> that's getting it done from Timothy in Missouri.
3: That a baby Tim. You know, I, I came in first. you know. Stop my, that.
2: Uh... See? <laughs> Stop that! That's I why lo- that, I, I stop like that. Tim. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you didn't. That's why Timmy you're...
3: Tim, Tim, you can call in anytime you want to. We're gonna make sure you get through. I'm gonna make sure you get through, Tim.
2: By the way, Jason hit us on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and H 83. If we don't count a bike as a toy, will we count a big wheel as a toy? Oh, that's a good. Mm, question. That's a good one. That's it, a good question. It, it, a big wheel's kind of a conveyance, mode of transportation, Ooh. but. That's
3: more a toy than a bike. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. So, Jason, a big wheel? A big wheel wheel is a toy.
2: It is a toy, yeah. A bike, not so much, but a big wheel? Jason, that's a really good question. One last one from William in Florida. William, what was the toy, your favorite toy growing up, my friend?
3: Hi, Freddie. God bless you guys. Thank you for taking my call. Appreciate you. I'm 66 years old, and my favorite toy was G.I. Joe.
2: Everybody had a G.I. Joe. I'm in that age bracket, man. We, I had them all. I even had, like, the – they had, like, a fortress where G.I. Joe was protecting everybody. And I used to play with my – two of my best friends, Cedric Beckett and Kenny Beckett brothers. And we used to have that toy all the time playing with G.I. Joe. If you got the G.I. Joe, like the old Eddie Murphy, Skid Harry, with the kung fu grip, you thought you were king of the neighborhood. Has no doubt about that.
3: Has anybody seen G.I. Jane?
2: They didn't have G.I. Jane when I was growing up. Don't say a word. Stop! <laughs>
3: Stop! <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Come, <Blue Party. laughs>
2: Keep weighing in on Twitter. Your favorite toy growing up? There's going to be a Toy Story theme when it comes to Jacksonville taking on Atlanta on Sunday, nine thirty Eastern time on ESPN Plus. What was the favorite toy you had growing up? Let us know on Twitter at h douglas eighty three and my handle at coleman espn. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. It's going to be a serious kind of toy story on Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern time in Buffalo when the Bills host the Miami Dolphins. But who is the team to beat no matter what happens in that game on Sunday? This is Freddie and Harry, the Love Edition, and this is ESPN Radio. Love Friday.
3: Hey, it's Michelle
2: Smallman. Coming up on Monday, I'll tell you all the small things I saw this weekend that you need to know. It's on Sportsman Like 6 a.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU.
3: legal and administrative and customer support at robert half we know talent visit roberthalf.com today podcast
1: this is freddie and harry on espn radio and on the espn app love friday a little karaoke
2: for you from Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together. Part of Love Friday on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, SiriusXM X and Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. The NFL has no more love for people gambling on their games. Waiting to hear about that information coming your way in about 10 minutes. There's no love between Buffalo and Miami. And that non love fest is going to happen on Sunday, one o'clock Eastern time in Buffalo. All those jumping off the buses, diving in the desk people that are going to be there, part of Bill's Mafia. Freddie, they you just
3: wait a wait. minute. You Go just wait. Damn, did you hear Freddie? What? The voice. He had his sexy voice on, and then he transitioned.
0: Love Friday. And love like, love
3: Friday. Friday. I said, man, I, my voice can't get that deep, Freddie, so yes, I'm hating. <laughs> I, was wondering when you was I got going. the high-pitched voice, Freddie. I wish I could have a deep one at times. I just, I just can't. Pause.
2: Yes. As soon as you said it, I said, I said, that's a pause right there. As soon as you said, that's going to be a pause as far as that goes.
1: <laughs>
3: oh, God, I keep throwing myself in hot
1: water.
2: I really, me? really do. But I tell you what, the hot water is going to be really, really hot on Sunday when the Bills and Miami get together because the Bills, you know for the past five, six days, they are sick and tired about hearing 70 and 726, meaning 70 points scored and 726 yards of total offense that the Miami Dolphins had against the Denver Broncos. Even Josh Allen, he knows how important it is. But even A.J. Epinesa, who was on the show yesterday, Bill's defensive and afraid of Harry, he says, yeah, we heard the hype. Yeah, we know
0: people are always gonna look down on us for something, and that's—I just feel like that's how it's always been my entire career, which whatever school or whatever team I'm a part of. So that's nothing foreign to us as a team, and uh, we like to take that as a challenge. You know, give them something to talk about is really, really what our mindset goes goes to from there. So we really want to let our business talk on Sundays and and um, and not worry about too much about what everybody's saying.
2: Harry, I throw this question at you. I was thinking about it based, on, especially on what he said. Is this a bigger game for Miami or the Buffalo Bills?
3: I, I, for me personally, I think it's Buffalo, because when you look at where things are right now, you have the Miami Dolphins that are undefeated; they haven't lost yet. The Buffalo Bills—they have a loss already in, in in the division, versus the you know New York Jets. The first game of the year, mm-hmm. I think if you lose this ball game, you're now down two games in that division, and those two losses would have would have been in the division as well. So I right. think for Buffalo, this is a win that they have to have. They have to have. And it's gonna to be tough because when you look at Miami and the way they score points, uh you you have to treat this team like you said, like Dan Orlowski said uh, multiple times, you gotta treat this team like they're the Kansas City Chiefs. Right? And Patrick Mahomes. kicking field goals is not gonna win this game. The way the offense is being run in Miami and Mike McDaniel in that run game being a big part of that pass game now in two thousand and twenty three. If you're if you're if you're Josh Allen, you know, the mindset that people were telling you to have beforehand, right, after mm-hmm. that turnover game that you had, mm-hmm. that, that that has to go out the door. They, they need you to be the hero. They need you to be G.I. Joe. They need you to be underdog, <laughs> right? They need you to be underdog. They need you to be the Power Ranger. That's what the <laughs> Buffalo Bills need you to be because if you're going to have to go toe-to-toe with Tua in that offense. And I think that's the only way Buffalo wins this football game. I understand that defense has been phenomenal this season. Sean McDermott took over uh, after Leslie Frazier, you know, taking time off from the football team. And this defense has been lights out. But at the end of the day, when you look at what Miami is doing and the speed they have on the football field and Jalen Waddles coming back, right, you got to match that if you're Buffalo from an offensive standpoint.
2: You mentioned Dan Olasky, ESPN NFL analyst. Both of you guys were going to get up on Thursday along with Kimberly Martin and Mike Greenberg. And he mentioned, Allen, you got to be that man.
3: He better be Superman. The cape goes on. you got to score 35 to beat the Dolphins. You are not going to beat the Dolphins by ball control or running the football. You have to score 35. Week one, I was very critical of him because I said grow up. Because there was a style that you had to play to beat the Jets. That style will not work. This is a game that Josh is going to go have to play some, make some of those plays where we go, no, 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 yes.
1: Yes. yes, no, 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 he's got to put on that's, the cape. That's the Allen roller coaster, and, and, yeah. And,
3: and that's in many ways, like when they, when this team would play the Chiefs, that's what the the method was. That Josh is going to have to go play some Superman yep.
2: hero ball. The words of Dan Olafsky, ESPN NFL analyst, on get up about Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, has to be a Superman. By the way, KB. Hit us on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and the H-Dogs 83, he agrees with you, Harry. He says this is definitely a bigger game for the Buffalo Bills. I'm not going to say that you and KB are wrong, but I'm going to say that you and KB are wrong, and here's why. The Miami Dolphins, so far this year, they've scored 130 points through three games. That's the most ever in the history of the National Football League. The Bills have scored 35 each over the last two games. You're right. It's all about can Buffalo's offense keep pace with Miami. But here's why I think it's bigger for Miami than Buffalo. Buffaloes owned this division for the last three years.
3: Ooh, that's a good one, you. They beat
2: Miami five out of the six out of the last six times in this division. And I hate to bring Las Vegas into this. Uh-oh. But Bills are a two and a half point favorite. Lee Cross of a College Game, they will tell you mm, that seems fishy to me. It does. When Las Vegas looks at a team that last week scored 70 points, I know it's the Denver Broncos. They are horror awful in the words of Shaquille O'Neal. I get it. But a team that goes scoring 70 points and Vegas goes, yeah. We think Buffalo should be favorite. Buffalo is not trying to hear it about Miami about to take their division. If you're the Miami Dolphins, you have circled this game. This is the game you've been looking forward to to say, man, if we didn't have Tua Tungvaluah injured last year in the playoff game, we might have gone to your place and beaten you. You've beaten us, but you have not worn our behinds out. I can't wait to see why I believe it's a big game for Miami because they're going to get punched in the mouth. Tua a is not going to be able to stand back there like it's a 7-on-7 camp in the middle of July. He's going to get hit by somebody, and I want to see how they handle that. And they take a step back and then don't run the football, then the Miami Dolphins can't get the Buffalo Bills out of their mind for this game. If they're able to do that, then maybe they can look at everybody and say, now you're looking up at us and not the other way around when it comes to Miami and Buffalo.
3: And Freddie, I want to tap into the mindset of the Buffalo Bills defense, right? If, if you're over there, if you're those guys, and you're seeing all this hype that the Miami Dolphins offense is getting, you have to feel some type of way, right? Because you have showed up and showed out yourself from a defensive perspective. Mm-hmm. So if you're Ed Oliver, if you're yep. Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard, who's playing phenomenal, if you're Tredavious White, and it, I think one of the pieces that they, they won't be having is Jordan Poirier, and that's, yeah. that, that's a huge loss for them. But if you're any of those guys on the defensive side for Buffalo, you got to be saying to yourself, okay, we're going to be the team that shed it all up. We're, we're going to be the team that really punched them in the mouth we're going to make them feel every bit of us pause, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that that has to be your mindset if you're a defensive player for the Buffalo Bills. Because all the chatter right now, it's about the Miami Dolphins and people comparing yeah. them as the greatest, most explosive offense as all time. And I'll tell people to please slow down because mm-hmm. if they win a Super Bowl, then we can have that conversation. Amen. Do not disrespect the greatest show on turf like that.
2: Amen. Please well don't. Yeah, with the St. Louis Rams. Well done. By the way, John Irving on Twitter, at Coleman ESPN, Ducks 83 says, yeah, it's bigger for Buffalo when you got division opponents and you're already 0-1 in that division after losing to the New York Jets. And that's a very fair point because we also talk about division football, Harry. And you know this playing with the Atlanta Falcons, where you had to deal with the Saints and the yep. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Panthers, when you played with Tennessee, having to deal with the Indianapolis Colts, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans. Division ball just feels different. It feels like a conference football conference championship game each and every week in a division play. That's what is, To me, that's what this is going to feel like on Sunday. I know it's too early to say championship football, but if you believe you can be a champion, if you're Miami, you win a game like this. If you're Buffalo and you don't want to slide down that championship window or have that championship window closed, you win a game like this. That's the kind of feel I believe that's going to take at 1 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday when they get together in Buffalo.
3: And I want all our listeners to understand, right, when, when, when head coaches get up in the meeting room to begin the year and you're going through the schedule, right, you, you break it up into quarters. But one of the first things that the head coach talks about is division games, right? The, the opponents and how you want to win your division. Yeah. You want to win your division before anything because that's going to guarantee that you're going to get a home playoff game, right? If you no could be doubt. that division winner. So that's one of the main things a head coach will get up in the, in the team meeting room and talk about before the season even starts. Hey, we need to win our division game and have a win, winning record in the division. Then you talk about how many games you want to win on the road and, mm-hmm. and whatnot and what positions that, that, that you're going to be in later in the year. But division opponents, that's the first thing them head coaches get up in that meeting room and talk about.
2: And I firmly believe this. Whoever wins on Sunday, that'll be the team to beat in the AFC East. Whoever wins this game on Sunday, going forward after that, that'll be the team that can say, yep, y'all have to come chase us. We do not have to come chase y'all. Whoever wins this game, that by the way, Buffalo, two-and-a-half-point favorite at home taking on Miami 1 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Two things are going to be out potentially in the NFL. One, players gambling on games. Number two, maybe Deshaun Watson on Sunday for the Cleveland Browns and they take on Baltimore. We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
1: From the first pitch of the wild card, the pitch to the final out of the World Series. The 02. Swing at it. Hear every pitch of Major League Baseball's postseason on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on your smart speaker. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on this Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series so X and Channel 80. And don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio a couple of minutes away from Harry Douglas, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson in the same building this weekend. That comes your way in about three minutes.
3: Let me say this, Freddie. Have at it. And Yeah, I'm going to make this bold statement. All right. There's nobody on radio across the board that's jamming like we jam. Not on Freddie and Harry. There's there's no doubt about that. That, There's no doubt about that, man. Like, we jam on Freddie and Harry.
2: Exactly. There's no false to this. We bring truth to this. Yeah. (laughs) You know how that goes. Yes, sir. love Friday. Believe that. I had to put it out there. I had to put it out there, I'm glad you put it out there because, you know, facts, facts, and the church says amen, 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 amen. But this is also a fact in the NFL. If you're an NFL player and you decide to bet on non-NFL sports from the workplace, the NFL is not having it with you. According to Adam Schefter, the ESPN NFL insider, the NFL and the NFLPA, they are modifying their gambling policies. For example, first violation, if you're betting on non-NFL sports in the workplace, that's a two-game suspension without pay. Second violation, six-game suspension without pay. Third time, suspension without pay for at least one year. And any game fixing will result in banishment from the National Football League. This is going to Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insider.
3: And I'll tell you, it's I'll, I'll be honest, Freddie. It's sad that this has to be addressed because I just don't understand why betting is so important, why you're at your job and you're trying to perfect your craft. Like, literally, when you're at the facility, what's more important than being great at what you're doing? Because every little advantage that you can create and have on the football field it's very beneficial because it comes down to the little things here and there. Right. So why would your attention be so focused on betting and not at, not on the task at hand?
2: That's a great question.
3: Like, I I, I don't understand it. And we're talking about guys who are making millions of dollars and they're making these small bets. It's not like they're making life altering bets. It's the, they're making the smallest of bets. And you know, The potential of ruining your career because of it. I I don't understand it.
2: One of the things about it, and I've always said this, people never think about the consequences. They never think they're going to get caught. And the NFL wants to make sure if you think you can involve yourself in this and fixing games, they do not want any kind of potential Tim Donahue player situation, what happened with the NBA and that referee. They do not want what happened in the 80s where guys were shaving points betting on themselves and betting on games. The NFL is about two things. You notice, know Harry. They love that power, and they and love that, that shield. money. Yeah, the it, shield. It, yeah, exactly. And they don't want anything or anybody believing they're going to compromise their game no matter what you feel about Roger Goodell as a commissioner or any owner of the National Football League.
3: Yeah, it, I mean, it's infor- unfortunate some of the things that, that has happened in the past, but I think from from this point on, because everything is clear and it's out there, and I'll be honest with you, if, if, if there's a player that, that bets on anything and gets caught – uh, I, would, I wouldn't I would be mad if they get suspended lifetime because if you do it after everything that you've seen taking place, Absolutely. then it's just stupid is it stupid does. Yeah, one of those things about
2: that, you can criticize the NFL for that, say, oh, it's hypocritical that they get money. The NFL doesn't care about your feelings, especially they know they don't want your game compromised on Sunday It's their Sunday rules. Night and Monday. That's right. It's their, their rules. their house, their rules. If you don't like the rules, try to change them. And we've seen before, the NFLPA, they want to get paid. They'll worry about changing rules if they think about that a lot later than when it comes to Sooner. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Harry, Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. My man Harry Douglas on Sunday, he's going to be in the same building as Deshaun Watson, the quarterback of the, of the Cleveland Browns, Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. He's not going to be in the field. He ain't that crazy. But he and Steve Levy, they'll be calling the game on ESPN Radio noon Eastern time as the Cleveland Browns will host the Baltimore Ravens. The word is out about that, number one. But number two, Deshaun Watson shoulder injury—they say he's questionable. That's baloney. We know he's going to play. But Harry, this is your game. This is what you're going to be doing. I can't wait to see how that Browns defense tries Ooh. to combat things against the Ravens' offense that's been on the struggle bus all three games, even though they're two and one.
3: And Freddie, that's my highlight when it comes to this football game—that Ravens offense versus the best defense in the national football league right now and the numbers don't lie about that they're first in total defense they're first in pass defense second in run defense first in third down defense first in scoring defense and i don't I, the only unit i can say in the national football league right now that is playing with the confidence of the browns defense is the miami dolphins offense so that tells you what that defense has been able to accomplish so far in these first 3 games and when you have a chess piece like miles garrett i'm interested to see mm-hmm. What the Baltimore Ravens are going to do, what's their plan for him? Because me personally, I think you need to chip him, bang him, have a tight end come back side, slice him, because you got to try to minimize him as much as possible. Now, it's easier said than done, but you have to double team him. You cannot allow that one human being to wreck your game. Now, also, when I look at the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, he has struggled against the Blitz. He struggled in week one versus the Houston Texans. We know Jim Swartz. Is going to blitz because he believe in his personnel uh, in the back end that they can play man coverage, right? So when I look at the Ravens offense, you don't know if you're going to have a Odell Beckham Jr. He's, He's, out, He's out. He's out. He's out. again. Oh, out you're yep. not going to have a Rashard Bateman. Out too. Right. Yep. So those are two guys that the Ravens were counting on. So now Zay Flowers, one-on-one. I need to see you win. Nelson Aguilar, one-on-one. I need to see you win. Mark Andrews, one-on-one. You have to win. On top of they're probably going to get two offensive linemen back in their center Tyler Lindenbaum and also left tackle Ronnie Stanley. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see how those guys are going to play coming back because this is a hell of a week to just, you know, be returning.
2: Yeah, one of the things about a game like this, especially when you're going to be compromised, Harry, and not have two of the guys on the outside that you're going to need, you better not lose first down here the Baltimore Ravens.
3: And and, and 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 the Cleveland Browns are the best in the National Football League on first down.
2: Mm-hmm. If you're a lot of second and nines, second and tens, second and eights, there's going to be a lot of chasing Lamar Jackson around. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, they may have to go back to their old school Ravens self: run the ball, get those, get that yardage, get it to a second and six, second and five. They can ill afford. With that defense, the way they've been hunting in Cleveland so far, the first three games, mm-hmm. and having your quarterback in a position with no Odell, be- Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman to make plays to bail them out, without those two guys being there for the for the Baltimore
3: Ravens. But also on the on the, on Cleveland side, Deshaun Watson, right? How, how bad is that shoulder injury? Is he going to be able to fare up the entire game? So from, from their point of view of things, uh, Nick Chubb isn't there. They're going to rely more on the pass game. Yeah. But the Ravens love the Blitz, too. Mm-hmm. So let's see.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a feisty game, like we mentioned. Harry Douglas and Steve Levy, they're going to have the call Sunday on ESPN Radio. The Cleveland Browns hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Check those guys out as coverage begins at noon Eastern time on select ESPN radio stations. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. We can talk about the games in the NFL this weekend, and that's true. But going back to last night, Why so serious when it comes to the Detroit Lions? That's next.
1: Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN radio, the ESPN app and on Sirius XM channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.